0: Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, slow down and buckle up as we sit down with three of our local police officers to share their experiences and challenges policing in the midst of a culture of tension. everybody welcome back to good christian people the podcast episode 39 i thought you were gonna yell it joe's not on the mic he's, i know he's not on the mic but we talked about it and he said he might just scream it i don't think he knows 39 in chinese uh, guys we are uh there's a reason that josie doesn't have a mic and this is our biggest episode ever tim can you tell us how many people we have in the room
1: we have six in the room five on mics and oh, and and we have one on Zoom.
0: One on Zoom. This is so exciting uh, because we have been joined by three of Maryland's finest officer two of three of Maryland's finest officers, and then uh, Corporal Brewer. Uh, so we are <laughs> <laughs> so excited about this. I want to go around and just uh, introduce everybody. And um, are you guys if I, all are
1: you guys all MSP? Or are you county? County. County. county, okay, all right. Yeah. So Anne Arundel yeah. County, no, no offense, but I mean, they're <laughs> still Anne Arundel County's finest.
0: We're in, I mean, they're still Maryland's sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, finest. Sure, I mean, sure, like, sure. I, 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 They were just telling us before we turned on the, um, on the microphones that they could fight any three Maryland State Police <laughs> and, uh, and win. Why? So that's why not? Yeah, I believe it. So let's go around and uh, just give you an opportunity, real quick, to say, hey, I'm not going to mess this up. The first we're starting <laughs> with Corporal Melissa duvigan.
2: Very good, very yes. good.
0: <laughs> I feel excellent. So, uh, how are you? What do you uh, What do you do?
2: I'm doing well, <laughs> and th- thank you. Thank you very much for letting me be a part of this. Oh yeah. Uh, currently, I work over in our eastern district on uh, patrol. Okay.
0: Is that Is that eastern like over like near Pasadena? Pasadena, Pasadena area, like from the
2: purse yeah. Bay, Pasadena yeah. to the Glen Burnie, down to like the Cape St. Clair, some of Annapolis area. That's what all of Eastern District covers. Excellent. Right. I'm so
1: down Mountain Road, so I'll get your I'll get your phone number just in case. <laughs> right. Anything.
0: Right. We have their emails now. Actually, <laughs>
1: I have uh, so so. All right. So I shouldn't say really where I live, but, <laughs> but behind me behind me are the woods that lead up to uh, like Looper's Field, uh-huh. and the amount of gunshots that I hear back there, it it alarms me and my little ten month old baby every once in a while so
0: anyway that's just me
2: uh, there, there are a lot of gun ranges
0: and there's a lot of uh, fireworks do you get more that? on the water do you get that i can't tell you where you live but on the other side of loopers field
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no it, yeah it, I, so, on a waterfront community, yes, lots of um, fireworks, but we're in the woods, and nobody really plays around with it in the woods. No, we live like reason. in a little suburb <laughs> so. of
0: Pasadena, and they will blow stuff up for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Like, cicadas are here! Uh, so that's <laughs> great. And so we're so glad that you're here. We have Corporal Lee Williams
3: Good evening. Good evening. Thanks hey. for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, dude, we're so excited that you are here. Are you Eastern District as well? No, I am community relations assigned within that division to um, school resource. know awesome. So I'm the school resource officer at Annapolis High School.
0: Okay. Nice. Fantastic. That's so. Uh, do you like? I, mean, I guess you can't say whether or not you like that kid. <laughs> he's, he's giving thumbs up. He's <laughs> no, like, I love it. I do.
3: I, it. do. I, I do. I love it. I've been so. I've been in Annapolis for five years right. um, as the SRO. I'm also the varsity girls basketball coach too. So I'm kind of. What's record kind of live there oh. uh, are they good we're undefeated this year oh really because our season got canceled yeah. <laughs> 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 no games yet no games. i graduated <laughs> from covid killed our
1: season yeah umbc football that's my we're undefeated as yeah, well undefeated <laughs> <all> <laughs> <Yeah. of>
0: <laughs> he, just to be clear he didn't play umbc football no. um no but,
1: one has played that's the joke oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i forget thanks all for right. keeping up yeah, yeah well
0: i wasn't like i went to umbc for a minute yeah uh and and (laughs) so the two of you are uh formidable uh i am scared i'm very nervous that you are here we're really excited but the one that i'm really the most nervous about is this handsome gentleman to my (laughs) right corporal james brewer what's up man how are you i'm i'm nervous that you're here like i mean i was scared i'm scared of them i'm i'm anxious because of you let me explain Uh, You were my arresting officer. Uh, That's not true. (laughs) That's not true at all. We went to high school together. We did. You were a year ahead of me. We were in the marching band.
4: Oh, come on. Are you got going to give out secrets like that?
0: We got into. did. Oh, did you guys not know he was in the marching band? Uh, you no right. the
4: flute. I did, uh, I, did <laughs> <laughs> I did not know <laughs> that. I
3: did not do that. Oh, this, it's, is, it's, this, it's, is it's, this has been profitable already. Oh, this, this. is. Oh. Did you play
4: the flute for real? <laughs> no, I <laughs> did not. Okay. <laughs> did. It wasn't alto much sax. better. It was. was the, alto sax? It was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Clarinet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he was my drum major.
5: You were, my, ah. you were my favorite
0: drum major, by oh, the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, that's because you gave me preferential treatment. I did. And, um, <laughs> and you were ahead of me. I, I, so I, I've got to tell all of this stuff. Uh, you took me to my first Real Big Fish concert. That was amazing. Yeah, in D.C. Yeah. 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 Let's not tell any more stories about that trip. Uh, <laughs> you were the reason that I wore Hawaiian shirts my entire senior year, every single day.
4: That's outstanding.
0: You got me into that. You got me into that that collection, and and so I'm grateful for that. Uh, We hung out a lot, and I got to ask you guys, so I don't know if you remember this, but when we would drive around, you would tell me uh, a lot about traffic law. So you would tell me that there were sensors in the traffic lights that could tell whether or not you're there. You would tell me that if there was one full rotation, that all the lights turned green except for yours, you could then go, even if it was red. And you said that if we broke the plane... Of the intersection when it was yellow, and the light turns red, you hadn't run the red light. Now, guys, is any of that true? <laughs> now, to be fair, you were seventeen at the time. To be fair,
2: if any, is <laughs> we'll just say yes. Okay, there's yeah. there's facets of that. that there
4: are, yeah. Now, mind you, that was coming from the mind of a teenager at the time that yeah. thought he knew everything so
0: i lo- i have taken that with me and i have told my children those exact <laughs> oh, same lessons so when they get a ticket
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm calling exactly. it i'm calling I'm, being called in as a witness now yeah.
0: that's actually what we're doing we, d- we don't really have any questions for you guys we just wanted to build rapport so when we have traffic tickets we have emails that we can uh, reach out and say guys can you help us out so uh now james we're, we're super excited that uh that, that you're here thanks for so you last i heard like you worked with dogs right
4: I did. You did. Um, my pup retired. Okay. Um, I worked Eastern with Melissa for a while, or I'm sorry, Corporal Duvigan. And, uh,
0: you said it correctly. Yeah.
4: Good job. <laughs> e. Duvigan. <laughs> e. Duvigan. So uh, after uh, a couple of years, I went ahead and went to child abuse uh, we're in our criminal investigation division. So that's what I'm doing now. So I get the cringes when I hear that all the yeah. time, yeah. I, I, especially when I tell them that you know we're I deal with the ICAC part of it, which is the International Crimes Against Children. That's the digital side mm-hmm. of things. I okay. won't go into a little bit more sure. detail than that, but you kind of get where I'm going. Totally. And uh, it's uh, – I usually get the, ugh, ugh, I could never do that. I can't do that. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes its toll. You sure. compartmentalize. You realize that you know, somebody's got to do it. And, um, but it's good work mm-hmm. because the, the children that we're helping are true victims. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nobody else that can help them except for us. Yeah, and uh, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. You know, we're, um, you know, we're. I think last year we had over three hundred mm. and fifty cases, and just from digital stuff alone that was being reported to us, but and um, we're looking upwards of between four and five hundred this year alone. Wow! So it's been an uptick. Mainly, we think because of COVID, Mm -hmm. but we also think because internet service providers are um, increasing their ability to search for illegal content so -hmm. that they can report it to us.
1: That's 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 good. Not quite in that vein. I have a buddy who's a social worker up in the city, and we just had lunch a few weeks back. And uh, I was talking from a pastoral standpoint how COVID has upticked alcoholism and marriage issues and all kinds of different stuff. And he came back as a social worker, and he said, yeah, it's also – increase child abuse and decrease the reporting of absolutely mm-hmm. and i thought man i didn't even didn't even catch that but yeah uh, i was that was heartbreaking to hear for sure
0: well we're grateful for all of you guys uh for all that you do for our uh, community and uh, super grateful that you are are here and and sergeant cook is uh, is on zoom he's here to make sure that that we all play ball and uh, and don't goof around too much. He you know and so we're super grateful. Um, he's the one who allowed all of this to happen and put all of this together in just like a matter of days. And uh, so I we are completely indebted mm-hmm. to him. Way to go, Sergeant. They're all applauding because uh, they're like yeah applaud
2: for the sergeant yeah They're good
0: we are we are being supervised right. sure. no, yeah. he's, no. he's
2: like our drum major
0: <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yes. I also heard he plays the flute as well uh, that's what that's what Corporal Brewer told me does he does he
1: have to wear the same ridiculous getup as a drum major wears? Hopefully not. Yeah.
0: Well,
4: it's a uniform. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a uniform, and it's got the it's plume at the top. <laughs> and, uh, and he,
0: if I remember correctly, uh, and I know this is this is going off, and Don't this is, any is the photos last, of all this. I have been. All right. I have been. We'll talk after. Yeah, you guys just became yeah. Best, best, friends. No, best friends. it's, it's <laughs> great. No, see, I mean, this is kind of a situation of mutually assured destruction because he has stories as well, and I'm a pastor, so like, I, I'm, I'm concerned about the uh, about the the process for both of us becoming the in the positions that we are, knowing what I know. Um, but if I remember correctly, in our year when you were a drum major, uh, you had like a very involved. Um, what, what was that called? The the stick. I can't even remember what it was.
4: Mace. Mace. Yeah. That's what it was. Not the kind I have now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly, you did a huge toss. You spun around and grabbed it, and like 25% of the time, you caught it. It was, I'm 25%. Kidding. Thanks. Yeah. No, it was good. It was, when it worked, we We're, won straight yeah. out. Yeah,
4: there you go.
2: We're going to have to see a reenactment of this to yeah. make sure. It, it yeah. Yeah. officers. It was so a somersault, do, by the way. And, we and if everything. you see a reenactment
0: of that, you're going to have to call real, fire. Was it really a somersault? <laughs> it was.
2: Whenever re-enact you're or ready, didn't we're or
4: ready, didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> I did it in college, too.
0: Oh, dude, that's uh, so impressive. You're, that's, that's great. That's, that's why you're my favorite drum major. That's why I have
4: back issues now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, guys, uh, we do have a couple things we need you to do before we, we jump into it today. Um, so we're aware, I looked up at the analytics. So on our podcast, you know, most of our audiences from Maryland, from Virginia, kind of our local area where we have connections. Uh, we're from you know, people listening all over the state, all over the country um, and world, but we've got this one community that's listening in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and we don't understand it. This one small town listens more than the entire state of Virginia. And we have <laughs> wow. asked them to call in, to email us, to reach out and say, hey, we're from Council Bluffs, because and, and we've not heard from any of them. So could you guys just sort of uh, use your legal uh, whatever and just authority and tell them <laughs> to reach out to us. Aduv again, would you like to do that? I said it right again.
2: Man, fine citizens over in Iowa, please. Please give this man a call. Email something, let him know That's, what what's on your mind.
3: That is perfect. If you do, the Hawkeyes or Cyclones, depending on who you root for, will win the national championship. We guarantee it. <laughs> you heard it here, <laughs> Good things will happen for there.
0: you.
2: Yeah. yeah. there you
0: go. <laughs> That's amazing. They will go undefeated. Just and like the
2: <laughs> Corporal Bro will do a somersault. If they yes. him, we'll Most have all those things oh, happen. I'm sorry,
3: mace.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, the <laughs> mace.
0: We will mace him while he does a somersault. Yes. <laughs> it'll be it'll be fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Okay, a couple of impromptu questions just to get started. Uh Tim wanted to know if we could play with your guns. <laughs> no. Okay, I mean, be he, Hard no. But I but. wanted to find out on his behalf, would you be willing to taser him after this? I do have a letter that can look like he signed it.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here.
0: Thank you. Yeah, not not when they pays you. uh No, we we wanted to kind of get going and uh, and and warm us all up with kind of a, a fun question. I know that, that you guys have a very serious jobs, but sometimes there's got to be some funny things that happen that you go home and tell someone. You'll not believe the kind of day I had. Um, so I, I'll I'll get started just in terms of uh, the most ridiculous thing that has happened in my experience with the police. Uh, the first time I got pulled over was for tailgating. A police officer. Um, I you know I mean it was, it was he, I was young. I didn't really understand the concept of tailgating. Marked in, car. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I just, I was coming home from a trombone lesson. And, I'm not even uh, mad. I'm
3: impressed. Yeah.
0: And I just was behind him and he pulled me over. He's like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, I, I'm just driving. And he's like, you're following me too close. Here's a warning. So I did not get a ticket, but I felt really, really stupid that day. I mean, who, I don't know. That, that has happened to me. So, Tim, do you got anything that's happened that you can uh, confess on the podcast?
1: uh interaction with the police most of mine i cannot mention because they were with a policeman off duty a good buddy of mine uh city cop southern district and anyway so most of them that i can't <laughs> can't mention but uh i do have so one funny story it was i even remember the date it was april 10th 2008 um i was having some people over from work we were having a dinner party and uh me and my wife got into an argument, and uh, you know she was showing everybody her candles, and I wanted to put up my Saint Polly girl sign up on the wall. Uh, at some point in time, she picked up an award that I had won at work and threw it at my plasma screen TV, and it was a whole lot of yelling. The police were called, but I didn't file charges. So
3: Is this after or before your third vasectomy? <laughs> Snip, snap, snap. snap, snap, snitch snap. Snitch. <laughs> no idea the kind of toll that can take on a <laughs> man. Thanks for following along. Uh, I think it was episode, I, was
0: it, what episode? Was it our Christmas episode or Thanksgiving episode? Uh, we actually performed all of uh, Hunter's that one night. Uh, we had it on <laughs> guitar and we sang it together. Uh, so that was, that was, a, that was great. <laughs> we want to hear from you guys. Okay, so I keep picking on a again in, in Brewer. So, uh, Williams, you're up first. You got to have something good.
3: All right, so maybe not, not, definitely not a funny story, but I'll say probably the probably the most amazing story that I can tell here. <laughs> um, way back in the day um, when I was working in Western District, I got a call from a woman who wanted to report her husband missing. Husband had went out to walk the dog maybe like two hours ago, came back home. The dog came back home. He didn't. And so in talking to her, I realized that, first of all, it's it's rare that someone wants to report someone missing after only two hours, but it's weird that the dog came back and he didn't. So I'm like, maybe the dog got away from him. He's looking for the dog or something like that. Um, And they were newlyweds, which kind of then made me feel like, all right, so is this the first time he's gone out of the house without you or something? So I wasn't really sure what to think of it. But the longer it went on and the more I started thinking about where he usually walks the dog was in this particular area behind Russet and Laurel that floods really easily. Um, So I was like, yeah, you know." I called the supervisor and told him, hey, this is what I have. And um, they kind of made the call that they'd send up a helicopter just to see, just take a quick peek and look and see. He'd actually gotten crushed by the biggest tree I've ever seen. He's out walking the dog and the tree falls and it lands on top of him, but not the dog. Breaks his legs, knocks him completely unconscious. So he's Mm. pinned underneath this tree. So the helicopter spots him and they we had, we wind up having the, the tree was so big that we had to call the fire department to cut it off of wow. him. Wow! And uh, by the time we get to him, he's um, conscious and but he has no idea what happened to him. And, and in fact, the, the the little Patuxent which runs past there. Um, the water was moving so fast because it had rained mm-hmm. that he it sounded to him like passing cars and he thought he had been hit by a car. Oh, um, wow. Um, had no idea. And so it's one of those weird things where it was like, it could come just by complete sheer luck mm-hmm. and just one of those things where it's like, Meh, it's kind of weird. Maybe yeah. we just have a helicopter, just take a look in the woods, see if they can see this guy. They just moved here. Maybe he's lost out there or something um, that we found this guy. They wound up sending, him, like I think for like, Every year for like maybe two years, uh, two or three years, they sent me a Christmas card wow. to the station, which was really nice. Um, and as the dog was always in the picture. And I always say it wasn't sure. really me. It was the dog. Because if the dog hadn't come back, I would have thought maybe this guy just left. Can I, yeah. He just might have skipped that? All
1: right. So my question is, I just quoted a scene from The Office. Is there any chance you just quoted a scene from Lassie?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if the dog had barked that would have been yeah, exactly. let us into the woods that yeah. would have yeah. been a little where's bit better Timmy? So. where's Timmy where's yeah. yeah. Timmy
1: it was his name Timmy no oh see Black that would have just chocolate made chocolate
0: lab though
3: I do remember okay. that All right, all right.
0: Well, good for him for making it all the way back home Yeah, no like yeah. I've got two pugs if they go out the front door bye <laughs> like, we'll never yeah. see them again that's uh, that's ridiculous. I've, i my wife has watched so much, uh, so many shows on ID. I fully expected newlywed dogs home. Uh, the wife had killed him. So that's a fantastic yeah. story. I'm glad it had a much happier ending than I thought was where that was yeah, going. Your mind
3: went dark immediately. It really did. I was like, <laughs> Newlyweds, he's, he's killed ch- him. He's chopped up in the stew. Yeah, yeah. Dogs licking our lips.
0: Uh, Today right, we're serial podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is criminal. Uh, Brewer, what you got for us?
4: So we'll keep it G rated. Like. Uh, Williams said, I, <laughs> we, have, we have stories, but, uh, you know, we, we try to keep it.
0: That'll them. be the bonus content. Yeah, yeah right, 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 yeah.
4: exactly. So mine actually involves uh, Williams. So uh, <laughs> we ironically, and I don't think Sergeant Cook knew this when our names were kind of picked out of a hat, all three of us worked at Western Midnights with each other at one point in time. Okay. Or on Shift 3. I mean, just kind of, you know, it's fun to have the gang back type of yeah, thing. So yeah, yeah, So there's plenty of uh, uh, shenanigans between <laughs> the three of us, I'm sure. But the one time, I remember I'm uh, young. I'm, not, I'm by, by the way, I'm the rookie in the room right now. Okay. Uh, they have more years on than me, and it's kind of an odd feeling having almost 17 years on and saying that. Right. But uh, Lee gets a call at a bar over in Laurel. And it's for a fight, nothing out of the ordinary. And uh, so I got there first. And as I'm getting there, they are uh, escorting, and I'll use that term loosely, that (laughs) they're escorting this rather large woman out of the bar. And she is irate, and she is screaming, and she's throwing punches and just, I mean, all over the place. And, uh, you know, we try to get their attention. Hey, the police are here. Maybe that'll kind of de-escalate them a little bit. And that's what I tried, and immediately she just took a swing at me. And she's hammered, so I just kind of stepped back, and she almost (laughs) fell. And um, I'm getting ready to say, okay, you know what, it's time to go. And I didn't realize he had shown up. And over my shoulder, I just see OC spray. (laughs) (laughs) And he sprayed me. And he sprayed her and he sprayed everybody within the realm because the wind is blowing. He's got his he's got spray on his eyes. He's going like this. And and she is now just screaming at the top of her lungs. Because now not only is she mad because she got had to leave the bar and leave her drinks, she was getting arrested, she was getting OC sprayed, and it was not a good moment. Wow. And uh it took us a while to actually get her to uh To kind of calm down and 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 take her in, she never did calm down thoroughly that night. Yeah. So fast forward a couple months, court case comes up, and uh, yeah, yeah, big. And uh, uh, we're at court, and this lady comes up to me, and it's her. I really did not recognize her. Completely different person, and it just it's amazing what alcohol can do to a person. Mm -hmm. And she came in and thanked us and apologized to us, and said that that night re- made her realize that you know she had uh, kind of gone astray and mm. gone the wrong way in life, and that hmm. she was working on herself.
1: Yeah, good, good for her. her.
4: And uh, you know, and the courts showed mercy on her and everything. But oh my goodness, uh, it it made me question using pepper spray, mace, <laughs> right. mace, mace ever mace. again. Yeah, not not the kind from high school. Yeah. So
0: that might have been more effective. Just uh, do a quick somersault and you'd be like, we got a ninja here. Give <laughs> us <laughs>
4: perfect scores. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that would have really helped. <laughs> uh take down colonel um <laughs> the uh so uh, that's great yeah it's, it's, all your stories end so well so Aduvigan, does yours end as well
2: i don't have i mean it's a good ending it's a good ending so my story is uh one night again working uh western midnights so all all roads point to western <laughs> all roads point to western and before i left the booking officer said hey There's um, some paperwork. I believe it might have been a peace order or something of that nature that needs to be served um, to an address in your post. Okay, no big deal. And I'm like, hey, another female officer on the shift. I'm like, hey, would you want to come with me? And we'll just knock on the door, give the gentleman his paperwork, and go live our life. Sure, no problem. So we go, and I'll never forget, the address was 110, whatever street. Yeah. So I thought she was behind me. So I pull up. I'm, I'm near 110, and I look up. And she's down the road on the other side of the street. I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. I'm looking at my computer, looking at the paperwork, looking at her. So we get her car, we're like, what are, you know, what, what, what's going on? And she goes, it's 101. I said, no, it's 110. And she says, oh, well, it's 101. No, it's 110. I'm looking at the computer. <laughs> I'm looking at the paperwork. And she has me questioning myself. And then she goes, oh, no, ha, ha, it, it was 110. I said, okay. Let, let, let's get ourselves together. Right, sure. Let's get ourselves together here, you know. So she comes down, and as I'm trying to tell her, hey, you know, you know, uh, let's get together before we go knock on this door. Well, it had rained earlier in the evening before we came on, and there was little puddles all over the place. And, sir, I did not find a little puddle. I, I bravely walked over this uh, ocean of water, <laughs> oh, no. and uh, half of my leg was just sat. I, I went in. I went in. <laughs> save the paperwork though but I went in so my partner what does she do? laughs hysterically at me leaning on my police car laughing hysterically and I'm thinking people are going to come out of this neighborhood and wonder what is going on you know, So we're trying to get it ourselves together, like, okay, come on, we let's lock it up. Let, let's go knock on this door until so we can get out of here. Sure. So knock on the door, and the gentleman comes. Hey, we're looking for Mr. John Smith. Oh, that's me. Mr. Smith, here's some uh, paperwork and the, the whole spiel. And he says, oh, yeah, the sheriff's department came by earlier. I already got this.
5: <laughs>
2: so like, staring at him, staring at me, staring at him, staring at me. And I told him some of the things that led up to us being here. <laughs> And then he just looked at me again and looked at my partner, who was was not hiding the fact that she's laughing as I repeat the story. And then he looks at me and looks down as I'm making a puddle on his deck. And he said, ma'am... Bless his heart. I would be more than happy to have another copy of this paperwork. I said, please, thank you. <laughs> please, thank you. Just, can we get this done and yeah. wrapped up? So I'm sure he probably has a story to tell. Like, you would not believe yeah. what just showed up at my door. He yeah.
1: framed that one for sure. That was is hanging on his wall. Probably so. Peace probably
2: order. so. But <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, it's a that big was,
0: moment for him. Uh. Yeah. Did so. you want a
4: dog story? Yes. Oh, okay. Great. Always. So, uh, so my dog, I was in the K nine unit for about nine years, and Sar was a patrol dog, which means he does bite works and finds people and stuff like that, and he also does explosives. But um, he's good dog, very good dog, very happy. Uh, doesn't like to bite; just bites on command. Uh, so, anyways, when he's in his vehicle, though, he was always very. He was notorious for being very very quiet. Until you got right up near the window and go, is there a dog in there? And then he'd like launch himself at the window and shake the car. So we got a call. uh, They thought there was going to be some problems at, I think it was Meet High School. And we were parked along the curb. So I'm trying to make you visualize this. So we're parked along along the curb. There's a big sidewalk to the right-hand side of my car. And in front of my car, probably about five feet in front of it, on the opposite side of the sidewalk, is a large diamond-shaped yellow sign that said, you know, crosswalk or whatever it was. And there's a group of people walking from the back of my car down this sidewalk. And they're talking and laughing and having a good time. And one kid's walking backwards, talking to his friends. And as he's getting near my car, we're away from it a little bit. And as he's getting near my car, the dog launches himself at this car and just lets out this amazing bark and scares the living daylights out of this kid who jumps and Floors it as fast as he can down the sidewalk. Not unbeknownst to him, as he's turning around, that there's a sign there. Oh no! The oh. sign hits him. Boom! In the middle of the forehead, this guy goes horizontal like a cartoon character, <laughs> and his friends are on the ground laughing. It's one of those times that you know, kind of wish we did have body cams yeah. back then, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he was a good sport about it. He thought it was funny. He was not hurt or anything like that. But sure. it was it was pretty hilarious.
0: Sounds like every day is different.
4: How yeah. How long yeah. is the
0: career of a canine dog?
4: Depends on the type of dog. Okay. Um, anywhere between probably about nine yeah. or uh, nine thirteen years, somewhere around there, depending on the kind of
1: dog. And then we when have. they retire, they get uh, you know adopted out to a, a family or to the
4: no. Um, the handler actually has, in, at least in In County, mm-hmm. the handler has the opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, take the dog in and keep okay. the dog. If, the, if for some reason the handler can't, yeah, then we find a suitable home for the dog. Yeah. Okay. that's great.
0: That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you for sharing those. Uh, we really appreciate all that you do. And, and again, for being here. Uh, so here's the deal. We want to continue in our series on Christians and culture. And we are looking particularly at areas of culture where violence is present. And our our goal in all of these conversations is that we want to have a better understanding of every side and perspective and try to find ways to navigate through different uh, cultural issues for the purpose of reconciliation and peace. And so just to kind of get us started, I want to ask each of you, um, can you kind of explain your call to public service? Why did you become a police officer? What, What drew you to that? Anybody can just open
2: up. I might be dating myself here, but uh, I remember having the dare officers. Okay, yeah, back right, back right, in yeah, school, right. and that was always a fun day. You know, the police mm-hmm. officers come. You know, they they show us different things, and they talk to us about some stuff. And I always just admired that. Mm-hmm. You know, they always came, and I thought, man, they, they must be the smartest person in the world. They solve all these crimes, and you know, all these things about drugs. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Um, fire department days weren't bad, though. The red hats were fun, until the teacher yelled at you, <laughs> you guys who were playing with them. Right. But I always I was just admired that. Um, so that's just something that fascinated me. And then my mom be, um, worked in uh, corrections for the okay. state of Maryland. So I think that kind of brought it in, and I have a lot of military service in my family. So I think just it's a family, I guess, um, trait sure. as far as that call for service. And then yeah. as things um, happen, as you get older, then you realize, you know what, I just I want to serve. I want to mm-hmm. serve. I'd rather be out there uh, being proactive, a little bit more hands-on as far um, as policing goes. Uh, Anne Arundel was the only agency I applied to. And it was the only agency I wanted to apply to. Grew up, work, still work, my family lives here. So I stuck it here.
3: Awesome. Yeah, Yeah. cool. That's great. Yeah, for me, um, I had my grandfather was um, a customs officer in New York. So when I was young, um, I remember seeing him in uniform. And whenever we would go visit and stuff, I remember seeing him in uniform. And it's always fascinated me that he had the tools and stuff on his belt and stuff like that. So, And then um, my grandfather uh, on my father's side and my father both served in the military. Uh, my father did 23 years in the Air Force mm. and then did phew, another 15 years for the no Sets agency um, here in Maryland. <laughs> and uh, So same thing, S- the serving in uniform was kind of always in the family. Mm. It was something that was, you know, uh, was visible. And I, I, th- I know I um, at one point thought about going into the military, we even went as far as doing the testing and stuff. But my entire purpose for getting into the military was that I thought it might help open the doors to get me into this. Um, And so I applied to, I think I applied to Anne Arundel and Baltimore city and Baltimore city answered first, but I really didn't want to work in Baltimore. I'm not from Maryland. I didn't know much about Baltimore. Mm And, um, but in but I lived in Anne Arundel, and I kind of wanted to work in the same community I lived in kind of yeah. serve the community where I where I live and so they they called back and the rest is history
1: yeah awesome Speaking of NSA, I I have heard no offense that apparently the, the the cupcake job around here is to be NSA police. I don't know. I've heard that's pretty pretty easy.
3: There's not a lot yeah. of duties there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you figure like if anything major happens, uh, yeah. so they're calling like the other face. Oh well, they, yeah.
1: yeah, they've you know? got. Ma- I mean, they have but marines you, with AKs they, on. To, you know, the, they've they've, like, had, some, a, they've right.
3: had some incidents at their gates though. the oh, last yeah. couple years yeah, yeah, where that that have gotten ugly. So yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: There's a guy I remember. Coming down 295, heard the story. He was a uh, police chase, so um, high-speed chase, and he decided to get off at the employee-only exit. Yeah. Wrong decision, it's dude. Wrong, yeah. yeah. He he was staring down <laughs> four
4: Marines because <laughs> <coughs> they already knew he was coming. So, anyway.
0: Oh. Brewer. How'd you do you get into this?
4: I just wanted to drive cars fast and catch bad guys. Yep. Good. So, yeah, we yeah. had a conversation in high school, cool. yeah. Nice cool. Cool. yeah. Cool.
3: I want to go fast. No, <laughs> yeah. so,
4: um, same thing, a family. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, you know multiple family members uh, in the police department or since retired. Uh, it's a cliche thing, I think, for my generation because – in the formidable years when we're trying to figure out everything again, I was a music major in Delaware. Mm. Yeah. You know, I had no intentions of following the family dream of being police, and I was going to leave that to my brother. Yeah. And um, 9/11 happened, mm. and it really kind of sent a, a, a jarring message through through me. And I was like, eh, what, "What's what's up with that? You mm. know, that's something different." You know, and um, it wasn't soon after that that I was in uh, a vehicle sitting in a left turn lane on a road in Delaware and there was a car in front of us. And it was obvious that the people didn't know what was going on. But there was literally fire drops coming out from underneath the car. Oh, wow. Like something was catching on fire and hitting the ground and catching on fire. And um, I I don't know, I, I'm not trying to put myself in as a hero or anything, but I'm running across this four lane highway to yell at these people to get out of the car. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny, because you, if you my ex-wife now, but, uh, you know, she she told me, she said she knew then that that I was going to be a police officer. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I did too. Uh, You know, it was around that time that I was like, you know what, I need to make this decision. And it was good timing. The hiring freeze that Interno County had at the time was lifted, and I didn't look back after that. Wow.
2: I think that was something, like you brought up, uh, 9-11 was definitely something. Mm -hmm. It happened after I applied. I applied the summer of 2001. And then... While my paperwork was in there being processed, 9/11 happened, and then that just—I couldn't get the call fast enough. And then April of the following year, I was sitting in an academy class. That's so awesome. That definitely drew.
5: I,
1: I mean, public—you mentioned in your question public service. I mean, that's what it is, mm-hmm. and I think there's a calling that's there. And quite honestly, one of the reasons we're sitting here is because 9/11 is tragically too far away. Like, like we wouldn't. There's no conversation to have after 9/11. We're just—we're all—we're all like together, but. Now, you know, now we're like, all right, how do how do we how do we bring people back together again without having towers fall? You know, mm. this is, what do we what do we do? So
0: and uh, I appreciate, again, Sergeant Cook making all this as possible, because um, obviously we're we're not uh, on video right now. But um, what we have is. Uh, a diverse panel and experiences and what we would love to just kind of understand from your unique perspective is being a female officer a black officer a white officer are there unique challenges to the job that you do and the experiences that you have
2: in my career I've never really experienced many challenges even with being a female I have had a few thankfully that said oh well I'm not going to hit a girl well thank goodness because (laughs) I really don't want to go down that route today yeah so that's an advantage um there's different things that um, I've been called for for, you know, um, incidents that involve someone with some kind of maybe of a sex crime or some kind of sexual incident, anything to deal with children. And the children mm. can go either way. As far as I, I've went to um, calls for service and the, the juvenile male, you know, he, he may be a little reluctant to talk to me because, he, and I look back, because he has a very strong mom and, dar- and, uh, and um, older sister. Sure. So he doesn't want to talk to me, he wants to talk to my male counterpart. But significantly, more often than not, They'll call for a female because that seems to be the less—I don't know how to—maybe um, authoritative yeah. um, officer in the room. So that's been um, substantial as well.
1: Okay. I mean, from the ministry side, I'm thankful for female partners that we have, even mm-hmm. that aren't clergy. That um, mm-hmm. you know, because a woman talking with a woman is a different dynamic mm-hmm. for sure. And I assume that when you go to domestic violence cases or something, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a huge asset.
2: Sure. It, it is it's it's been very beneficial and that yeah. it just again it just some uh, some of the teamwork and how yeah. we bring all of our facets together to yeah. to work together there and it's been really good
0: that's excellent excellent how about you guys
3: uh for me um i i wouldn't say i don't i don't feel like there's been any challenges in terms of um, externally I, I i it's not something that i feel i i will say um being a black officer. In this country, you are—I I will say—I am acutely aware of uh, his, the history uh, that our country has with minorities, uh, particularly people of color, um, particularly when it comes to police, sometimes, um, and and just that history. And so, it's—I'm always aware of it. It's something that's that's in the back of my head. There, there was a time when, you know, in in many agencies across this country, where you know. Uh, black police officers were not a thing. That just mm-hmm. that wasn't a thing. And so, um, you know, I think uh, the fact that uh, I have this job um, says that shows how far we've come. Um, we have obviously a long ways to go, as evidenced by the fact that we're having this conversation now. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I, I, for me, I was not going to let... Um, any kind of prejudices or anything preclude me from doing something that I wanted to do. I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I, my mentality is is that if some somebody doesn't want me to do something, then that's what I'm gonna do. Um, so <laughs> yeah. so doesn't matter whether it's this job or something else or if you don't want me to eat it in a restaurant, then I'm eating in this restaurant. Sure. Like, I'm gonna you'd <laughs> be we're gonna make this counter. happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be a discounter. Ago. So yeah, that yeah. that's kinda of, that's kind of the thing and uh, so you know, again, to me, it was answering a call for service, and and I, I didn't see anything past that. Cool. Mm.
4: Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I'm I'm that middle aged white guy, so <laughs> <laughs> we all look the same. Um yeah. And it, and and but you know, it I joke about it, but it is it's that that's kind of been the vilified character for media. Mm. You know, that's and uh, in this whole thing. And I do, I take it to heart, because that's not me. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not trying to be painted as a victim or anything like that. But I do, I keep it in my head, um, especially in the past few years. But it, it's always been there. You know, you, you always, there was a uh, a man that I looked up to very, very much so. His name was George Parks. And he uh, had a great phrase that he used, which was, perception dominates reality. A person's perception will always dominate reality. And you have to keep that in mind when you're in this job, because even though I am, I think I'm a pretty good guy, I think I'm a pretty nice guy, I'm a Christian guy, mm-hmm. I try to treat everybody equally and assist everybody, but the fact of the matter is that the person I'm coming to, their perception of me might be completely different than that. Yeah. It's my job to change that. Yeah. You know, it's my job to show them that I'm an individual and that they, they can trust me to do the job correctly, and uh, so that's, it's it's difficult, it, it's uh, it's Hard on my heart when mm. I when I know that there's people out there that look at me and and think one thing before they even know me. Sure. But I know there's other people out there that are doing dealing with the exact same thing on mm-hmm. the exact opposite side of the table. Sure. So, yeah.
0: yeah. And I guess that's got to be difficult. Um, Benefit
1: and, of the doubt would would change our society, wouldn't it? Like on, on either side, you know, just give somebody that don't don't you know just don't jump to conclusions.
0: And so, one of the things I I do want to kind of build on this a little bit because um, a topic of discussion that we've been having on this podcast uh, frequently is the issue of race um, and our desire to kind of help pursue racial reconciliation where we can. Um, We we can't do everything, but as a church, you know, we try to do what we can and and as Christians try to influence uh, to make our culture better. And and we kind of sense racial tension in every area, every sphere of our culture. And as you guys have mentioned, that, that kind of even bleeds into the justice system and policing uh, and so we're super grateful for you guys uh, willing to share your experiences and your heart and all of this um, and so to kind of build off of what you guys are talking about have you personally experienced or know others uh, who have experienced increased tension along racial lines in the past few years and if that if that's the case how have you dealt with
2: that um I personally haven't as far as anyone really saying anything to me lately, it has been a lot of all see is blue, and mm. then and that and that in itself. Um, I my heart broke during Freddie Gray mm-hmm. and the riots and things there because as you were there and I'm standing with my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. all different colors, all different whatever, mm-hmm. and
1: you guys were up on riot too. Yes, yeah.
2: and my my African American counterparts mm-hmm. they got a significant wrath a lot more mm. than. The much fairer skin mm-hmm. officers, and it, it's just tough. It's just tough. Uh, um, you know, there's there's a lot of tears on a lot of sides. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have officers, even the city officers, who, who definitely get a bad rap, mm-hmm. and they're hurt, and and to see tears rolled on their face, and a lot of them are African American males and females, and they're like, "This is my city. I love my city," and then to see that mm-hmm. response, mm-hmm. and it, it was heartbreaking. And then, I honestly, I don't know how to respond. I don't mm-hmm. know how to respond other than. You just you stand there shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with them and see how things play out. Yeah. See how things play out in, in that aspect. So I personally haven't had a whole lot. I mean, you, you get called names. Some, sure. of them are, some of them are very creative. <laughs> but as far as mm. anything racially driven is, that I've experienced in yeah. my years, I have not. But I've seen, mm. I've seen my, my other brothers and sisters um, go through some stuff. That's difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. Very yeah. difficult.
3: I get a lot of conversation. Um, I think... Um, Probably, so probably the benefit of being a black officer as opposed to maybe Brewer is that um, black people that I know and then black people, even some black people that I don't know, are more comfortable approaching and asking me about things, Um, either, you know, particular cases that they've seen on the news or Mm -hmm. just my general feeling about um, certain things that, that, that... they see on the news because they don't, they don't hear from us. And so I think a lot of times, you know, the perception is, is that um, all police are the same and we all take up for each other, even when we do wrong. Um, Mm. And, you know, um, you know, you hear a lot pushed a lot about, you know, the thin blue line. And so the, the, I think maybe the assumption is, is that, you know, if something happens somewhere else that we we were all, we're all for that. Somehow we're all linked into a part of that when the reality is, is that, you know, there, there's no, we there's no connection at all to from Anne Arundel County Police Department to you know a police department in Minnesota. We, yeah. I've never been to Minnesota. I don't know any officers from <laughs> Minnesota. And oftentimes when we see things like that, we as human beings, we're all humans first. You know, um, when we see things like that, we have the same exact emotions that they do. When they have it, we're enraged. We're we're outraged. We're angry. Yeah. Um, in a lot of times with police officers, we're perplexed. We I've watched videos with fellow officers and, and have we've all said out loud like, what are they doing? Yeah. What is what, what is happening right now? It's not what we should be doing. So, but I think the the big thing is is that we don't have the general public doesn't hear from us. Not the rank and file anyway. You may hear from you know spokespeople. Yeah. Um. Or, you know, you may hear, you know, a statement, the police department may put a statement out or something. But generally, unless you stop one and talk to them out in the street, you, don't, you generally, you don't have a conversation with an officer. And usually when you do, if you're having a conversation, it's probably at a time when one or both of you are not having a very good day. Yeah, it's already sure. a bad um, day. So it's not, a good, <laughs> yeah. it's not a good time to bring that sure. up. Um, yeah. So I always welcome those conversations. I think, you know, um, I think they're needed. Um, yeah. I think like this, this form, I think it's needed. I think... Um, We've, we've, if if we're ever going to get on the right side of this, we have got to at least get to the point where um, those of us who seem to be in the middle and trying to say like, hey, look, we need good police, we need good police officers, um, and and we need to come to some kind of middle ground. Um, but we also need police officers to be accountable for what they do and for sure. what happens. We got to get to the point where we can at least have a conversation. Mm. Um, it's, everything starts with that. If we can't talk to each other and we're going to allow, you know, outside sources to kind of direct the narrative for how they want to direct it, then,
1: yeah. Is the loudest voices are on the extreme polar sides, right? Yeah. And the people in the middle were kind of like, yeah. the, "We're the sane, silent." You know, in the middle. Exactly. And if you they, have one end that is
3: defund, and then the yeah. other end is, you know, is 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 pushing for, you know, we don't, they don't want any kind of refor- right. reformative uh, right. legislation at all. As if right. everything is just fine. Right. We're good the way things are, and it's like, nah. The truth is in the middle. There, yeah. there could be a lot of, yeah. you know, uh, reforms that are done that would probably help out a lot. Mm. Um, and defunding is just an absolute
0: horrible idea <laughs> sure how about you bro
4: so uh, i'll disclaim this by saying that there's no police department that is perfect yeah. you know yeah. there's going to be bad police officers and that's why we have our internal affairs they're going to hopefully take care of them and, and do that and i know that's a question that we're going to get to in a little sure. bit but I, I disclaim that because i'm going to say this anne arundel county especially but um, a large a large portion of delmarva in general we live in a bubble we really, truly do. And I, I think uh, Williams hit it dead on that, you know, we in Anne County have no connection to Minnesota. Mm. They they do their thing. We do our thing. And that's the great thing about this government. There's no federal police. You know, everything's local, and that's what it needs to be. And uh, I know Anne Arundel Ann County has strived to have a police department whose demographic matches as closely as possible to the mm. demographic of the citizens. um uh, They've done that just recently as as having the most uh, diverse class graduate uh, mm. just last week. Um, but when when I say we live in a bubble, it's because uh, first and foremost, our department, the standards that we hold ourselves to uh, have always been high. And because of these changing, these sweeping—and I'm using air quotes right now, sure. sweeping sure. changes— we're not fe- feeling it quite as much as other agencies may, okay. because our department's already ahead of the ball. Provider. They've done <laughs> yeah. things. There's a, a group called Calia. Um, they have a standards that they we have to uh, that we have to complete. They come. They do their, te- their. They look through all these things. They do all their inspections and everything. We have the gold standard. We yeah. have the highest standard that this that can be had in this country for Calia. And because of that, our, it's it's benefited us, it, it, because we're already at that point. Not that we can't get better, and we can, and we, we're always looking at different kinds of reform to uh, to better our police department, but we do. We have, we have it too good, almost, because I can't grasp some of the things that we see nationally. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, how could an officer do that? Mm-hmm. Or how could this happen? Or how mm-hmm. could that happen? And it's like, I'm trying to apply it to here, mm-hmm. and I can't, mm-hmm. because... I can't. Make sense. I can't see one of our officers doing this, yeah. and it's because of the quality of officer we have. It it does. It's a testament to that. Not on top of that is the quality of citizens we have in Anne Arundel County. We, ha- I mean, yes, you're going to have people that don't like the police. I get that. And that's your right. But for a majority of them, even if they don't like us, they'll still talk to us. <laughs> they'll still treat us with a little bit of respect and everything. They just might not like the police. Mm. I'm cool with that. And uh, because of that, that rapport that we have. It was funny because um, my dad used to say this, uh, the, the, ba- the, the relationship you have with the public is a piggy bank. Mm-hmm. And each time you do something good, you're investing into that piggy bank, into that savings account. The problem with that savings account is every time you invest something, it's a small portion. Mm-hmm. When you make a withdrawal, it's always going to be a big one. Yeah. Sure. So a mm-hmm. lot of the small things have to happen in order mm-hmm. for the, the people to say, you know what, People make mistakes, and if that's what it was, then then we're going to fix it. Yeah. You
1: know? yeah, I say from the ministry side, I'd say similar. Uh, it takes a lifetime to earn trust; it takes a moment to lose it. Um, and I, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's true in all areas.
3: I think you know um, something that he touched on, and it's something that I say all the time. You know, one of the frequent questions people say, "How are we going to?" You know, um, how do you how are you going to get racism out of policing? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well. That's the problem. I'm like I, I don't know that you can legislate human behavior. The right. better question is how do you get racism out of people? Right. And if you want to get racism out of policing, it's easy, make robot police. And I do, <laughs> I say that in jest, but really it's it's yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. It's 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 policing is is an inanimate object. It's yeah. an institution. The same way I feel about this country, it's 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 an inanimate object, you know. People say, "Well, America's racist." I'm not gonna say that America's racist, um, but there are people in the country that are racist that's sure. it's not the country is not the problem it's the people yeah. Yeah. and I'll say the same thing it's, it's the same thing for this pos- profession. Um, you're gonna try to weed out as as many people as you possibly can um, but sometimes but people are coming with prejudices and biases sometimes that they didn't even know they had mm-hmm. um, because they've never had to confront that they've never yeah. had to deal with um, a group of people before. They've never had to deal with somebody that, that was different from them. And so um, I think, you know, like you said, you set the standards mm-hmm. for your department and you keep them high yeah. um, and you make sure that everyone understands that this is this is what the standard is. Um, and like you said, this our department does a great job in that. Yeah. I, f- I think it's why we have um, – you know, to knock on wood, it's. I think it's why you know when situations like Ferguson happen, mm-hmm. why we have demonstrations and we have our chief of police who are not just in at the demonstration but take part sure. in the demonstration. That walk uh, with demonstrators. That mm-hmm. um, we are part of. We we are part of the community. Sure. I think all of us live in Anne Arundel County, um, so we're, we're part of the community that we serve. And so I think. It, that is the best thing you can do as a department is to not set yourself apart where we're all the same.
1: I appreciate you saying that because, um, again, um, I mean, we, we are in different public service, but you know, different different sides of the spectrum, not sides, but different shade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, What you mentioned is that you, you want to get rid of racism in the police force, get rid of racism in the human race, which is, it's never going to happen, right? There's always going to be a heart problem in as long as we're around. Um, so it's almost like you guys are in the process of trying to legislate morality for people who don't want to be moral. Like you can have, you can legislate it to a point, but if somebody right. wants to be immoral, I mm-hmm. tell my wife all the time, she's like, lock the door. I'm like, sure, I'll lock the door. But you realize locks keep the honest people out. That's it. We've got right. a, we had a glass door in the back. <laughs> How do they want to come in? They're coming in. Exactly. The lock doesn't mean anything. Um,
2: and, it, and, it, and it's true. And, and like you said, you know, our standards are high, yeah. but we you get an applicant that comes in okay you, you can test their physical ability you can give them a written test yeah. you can do a psychological evaluation but we don't know no one knows what's in their heart yeah. only yeah, they do it. yeah and yeah. you know and, that, and that's hard yeah. and that's hard and then like we just talked about we we've all worked together so i, I we all know each other we're friends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we have the same values mm-hmm. and we and, and we we police similar ways and mm-hmm. and we we have that bond there and so to mm-hmm. think that someone else isn't up to our standards which Police standards to get in, that's one thing. When you come to a shift, they make you know, well, that's all fine and good, that those are the standards that got you here, mm-hmm. but yeah. here's what our standards are.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And so and it's, it's, always, it's always been higher. It really has always mm-hmm. been higher. I feel like I'm a commercial right now for North Carolina Police Department, but, <laughs> but I, I've always really been pressed yeah. with everything. And I, I don't like the word police reform when referring to my agency only because we've, we, we have been in front of, of a lot of things, and they've looked at some stuff and said, how can we be better? And It's always, how can I be better? Even if something goes and it's a good call and we did everything, textbook and everything's good, but can I do something better? You know, how many times if you leave an interview, it went well, but what can I do better next time? Mm. Hey, I talked to this kid. I think it went well, but what can I do better? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's definitely been um, kind of uh, pushed out and, and really, like, um, the department allows us to kind of, like, take on and say, how can we help you guys? People you know, say, oh, please do more training. We get a lot of training, mm-hmm. and police are saying the same thing. We do want more training, too, on, mm-hmm. on different facets of stuff to help us do our job better. Because, like I said, when we started, there was no MDCs, no, no. computers, no tasers. Yeah. So, so, we've al- so our training has always evolved, and it's evolved with the times and the cultures and things like that. And my personal opinion, I think we're having some issues now because once upon a time, how did we have to, con- we had to talk to people. We talk to people. Technology happened. Social mm-hmm. media happened. And I think there's a strong disconnect. I feel like there's just a strong disconnect, both on our side and the community side. You know, Baltimore City officers used to have the foot patrol, so you knew. You know, you saw Officer So-and-so right. walking someone down the street. Okay, they, they messed up. They messed up. And I think we have, because of technology, kind of like kept ourselves in our, maybe our cars more, mm-hmm. people in, in their homes more, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So you miss that interaction. Mm-hmm you definitely miss that interaction of finding out okay well you know how what who, what is my local officer what mm-hmm. how do they feel how they do you know do they do they not tolerate the kids playing basketball in the roadway? or are they, are they okay i know i can go ahead and play and, mm-hmm. and, and it's, something's minor like that but yeah, i think but, you guys kind of see what i'm saying even yeah, for absolutely. us even
3: for us it hurts us you absolutely know um, it does. in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of applicants um of this job is talking to people. Yes. Mm. If, and you know, you can learn the rules and regs, you can learn all of the state laws, you can learn all of the federal laws, Mm you can memorize constitutional law, they can teach you how to drive a police car Mm -hmm. fast, how to shoot, how to operate a taser, use a baton, use pepper spray. Mm -hmm. They can teach you all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. When well, you graduate the academy and you have a badge on on your chest, if you can't talk to people, sure. you are going to struggle. Especially in when this job, yeah, you're you talking ninety percent,
1: and probably ninety percent of that ninety percent are shaking in their boots when you're talking to them because yeah. they're like, because they're already like, what in the world's going on? You know, why are the cops talking to me? Whatever. It right? Be. Yeah, you have got you have so, got to learn how anxious. to communicate and talk to, and right.
3: talk to people. And the, the I think you know the key word um, now and probably moving forward for probably you know the next you know, decade of police work Mm -hmm. is Mm de-escalation, is is de-escalation. You know, um, it was something that I used to tell when I was a field training officer, I used to tell rookies that, you know, um, if you don't know how to talk to people, you could probably get into a fight. Sure. They're on midnights every single sure. night, if you sure. want, if you wanted to, if that's sure. what you're so inclined. But what what purpose would that serve? Would you actually be mm-hmm. doing your job effectively? I could tell you, and I used to tell them, I can tell you, your side partners are not going to want to work with you because nobody wants to fight every night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even as police officers, we we do not want to get into a fist fight <laughs> uh-uh. every single night. I don't want to mm-hmm. get into a fist fight ever. Sure. Um, you know, uh, you, you're you're going to find that your side partners don't want to work with you. You're going to find that you're going to be less inclined to go places because you're going to become known as the guy yeah. that shows up and. And takes a hornet's nest and just yeah. chucks it into the middle sure. of into Bowes the middle of a county fair, through, yeah. Right, yeah. And that that just that's not that's not an effective way um, to police or or to you know to deal with to deal with the community that you're mm-hmm. trying to serve. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the operative word. I think that everybody's using, including you guys, is is service. And yeah. so, you know, I think you know social media and. Telephones and stuff have kind of robbed the youth of the ability to actually hold conversations sure. and maybe to read a room and to read someone's temperament and figure things out. And so I think you know, it's it's one of those things where as as, as you know as we get more technologically as advanced as a society, we start lo- losing little mm. you know yeah. um, manners and. Things well, that we had that we used can to talk, help us function. Yeah,
1: because we can talk to you face to face, just like we talked to somebody on Twitter, and then it like, right. no, yeah, it's like, no, it's not
3: the same thing. Yeah, you, <laughs> no. can't, you can't take, you can't read context. Uh-huh, you can't, exactly. you know. Yeah, my daughters type me things, and I'm like, what? I have no. Let me. Yeah, FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. FaceTime. I, yeah, yeah. I have lim have to call back because that sounds sarcastic, yeah. and I know you're not yeah. being sarcastic right. with me. So right. let's. Right.
2: <laughs> right. Everyone here, I think, probably has a sweet piece somewhere online. Have you ever sent that text message, and then you see the response, you're like, okay, let me call. it. That's not what I meant at all. That did not come across how I wanted. At right, all.
4: I had to explain to Caitlin last week what K meant. Yeah. Like apparently it's capital bad. capital K, yeah, it's not apparently good. Apparently, apparently it's right. not good. I
2: thought what I was abbreviating, and my 11-year-old said, are you mad? I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, oh. I thought it was just a cool thing to do. I'm like, but wait yeah, a minute, no. you sent me those. <laughs> wait a minute.
0: Well, and so you guys have talked about just um, the – The standards that that we have here in Anne Arundel County and how you guys are proud of that and whatever, but because of this um, distancing, not like social distancing, but because of social media and because we have lost the ability to have conversation, then it seems like what happens is when we see bad actors, um, that tends to go, well, then, because I don't know any police, I don't have relationship with them, I don't have the opportunity to do this, this is what all of the police are doing right now. And you guys have kind of spoken out against that. And so when we understand that that there has been some criticism lately, uh, where people have just pretty much accused wholesale police as just being a racist organization, how do you guys, like, what are your thoughts about that, about those accusations? How do you respond to those
4: things? Well, you see, you need to see the trees in the forest. I mean, that's what it is. You know, what has media done to Everybody, I mean, all sides of this, it's, they've continuously depersonalized it. It's not a person that's standing out in front of you. It's a group of people, you know, and I think that's what it is. You need to see the person. And that's, I mean, that's what we need to see when we go on calls, you know, it's not, oh, here's another domestic. It's going to be exact same, even though it's probably going to be, you know, we're probably (laughs) going to do the exact same paperwork and I probably have a template written up for exactly what's going to happen. But that's a person that's a person's mother, that's a person's daughter, that's a person's son, you know, you get the point. Yeah. And we need to treat each one as an individual. Mm. And it we ask the same to be done for us, you know, and the problem is is that and I'm speaking from my own personal opinion, but I think probably about 10 years ago, if you looked back at it, our our department and probably nationally as a whole, the police departments were really lagging in the, as social media became, came into fruition. Uh, It was stay away from it. We were told, don't put your uniform on, don't have it on your Facebook pages, don't do it, keep it away, keep it away, Mm -hmm. keep it away. And they did the same thing. For the longest time, nobody had Facebook pages for police departments. And it was just, they shied away from it. And because of that, other people took the opportunity to put their own things about police on there. And there was no there was no, you know,
0: like a counter narrative. There was yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly.
4: And uh, the department's done a great job with that. They've really stepped it up, uh, and and shown the good things that we've all seen for years. Uh, you know, you see the the the. the the uh, officers, you know, take, playing basketball with the children. They're they're purchasing something because they need it. You know, all these small things that we've done for years that mm-hmm. we're now getting recognition because it's being seen through that that scope that is social media. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it is. It's it's individuals. That's the mm-hmm. key word there. That you need to make sure you're seeing a person for who they are and not what they are. Sure. If, if that makes sense. Absolutely.
2: It, it's, it's funny that you say that. So when things uh, kind of blew up last year, last summer, with everything that happened out in Minnesota, look at, you know, the social webs and a lot of my friends on there saying things. I'm like, wow, I wonder if they remember I'm employees, <laughs> you know. And then, of course, you get, oh, but Melissa, I don't mean you. I don't right. know if you guys have. I don't know. And it made me kind of think, but what if it is me? Because guess what? There's, you guys know me, you know, my values, you know, my kids, you know, my struggles, you know, things like that. So there's that human side of it. But maybe there's someone else that I pulled over and I gave a citation to and mm-hmm. I didn't give a warning. So what is their perception? Mm. You know? And it's like, what I'm getting at is, like you said, painting that broad brush across someone, you know? And yeah. it is go about interaction. It doesn't mean just because maybe you got arrested or you got an actual citation, you know, that that person is automatically this, that, or whatever, yeah. you know? And then it goes back to that human factor. Because back to the human factor because like I say they're like, oh Mustafa, I don't mean you, but someone else might think it's me. Sure. Someone I, I probably if I, I I could go out tonight to a call for service no matter what it is. And if I arrest an African American male, female, whatever, someone could think automatically, hey, that she must be this kind of way. Mm-hmm. When the reality of it is, as we all talk, like, no, would you go to call for it? Well here's the facts of the case. Oh, okay. You arrested someone and that's right. how I've always seen it.
3: Sure. I have kind of a I won't say love hate, but, you know, I recognize that the, the, media, everybody has an agenda in this, you know, nobody wants to. So from, from the police department standpoint, they don't, nobody wants to look bad. No agency Mm. wants to look bad. Mm. Um, and, and obviously several agencies have been, have, have been, um, drug into the spotlight and rightfully so on probably the worst day, um, of their history. And so, you know, the, while at the same time, um, the the media has an agenda as well, um, but at, there's a part of me that also recognizes that you know there there are untold stories behind these things. Mm. Um, if you know, it's hard it's hard for me to separate the fact that the media does these stories and brings attention to them, and not correlate that to sometimes to action happening. Um, maybe because the narrative was put out there, um, I'm, I, based on how things have gone in this country in the past, I would be I'd be lying if I said that I would was I, that I was would be optimistic of a guilty verdict in certain cases if there weren't nine minute videos. Yeah. Um. Because that has that has not often been the case. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I think it's why citizens push for body cameras mm-hmm. so hard because you know, I think, you know, someone says, well, why are we seeing all these images? You know, why, it just seems like there's a spike. And I'm like, is there a spike? Or has it kind of always been this way Mm -hmm. in some places? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now you're hearing about it. You know, um, national news, you know, is, is not really that old in terms of, you know, TV, CNN, stuff like that. Yeah. It's in, in, in terms of as far as, as long as media has been around and newspapers and stuff, it's not, it's not really that old. Um, there was a time when we would never have known about that. You know, the world wouldn't have known about um, uh, Freddie Gray, at least not until the riots. Um, mm. We wouldn't have known about um, uh, George Floyd, at least not until there was a riot, until the city was burning. Um, and so, you know, particularly as a black officer it puts you in that in this weird position where you know in my in the deepest recesses of my soul i'm sick of seeing those videos mm. um not sick in terms of seeing them because i just don't want to see them anymore but i'm sick of seeing them because if i'm seeing them it means it's still that happening right. yeah. um and but it's 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 this thing where i feel an obligation to watch now yeah. mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with being a police officer i feel like you have to watch this you have to be aware of this so that there it kind of stiffens your resolve to go out and be better do better mm-hmm. to make sure your agency is not this agency, yeah. and I, I can sit here comfortably and say that I, you know, I would not have put 20 years into this agency. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have my kids living in this community and going to school in this community if I didn't wholeheartedly believe, um, from the top down, that this agency has has. Has the best of intentions um, and high standards, but yeah, you know, I also am aware of the fact that the you know the media is there. There's a rating scale for them, and you know, if it bleeds, it leads, and mm. they don't generally print good news. Yeah. Um, certainly not on the national. Uh, on the national stage, you're not going to get, you know, the the you know, local news, you'll get, you know, the stories about the adopted puppies and <laughs> the, the dolphins being born at, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the Baltimore Aquarium and stuff. But short of that, you're not they're not reporting those on the national mm-hmm. news syndicates, whichever ones you listen to left, right, doesn't matter um, because we're in a place now where the country's angry and everybody wants to. Mm-hmm everybody wants that echo chamber. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to hear our views and we want to hear them amplified and loud and angry. And so that's, you know, what the general public wants to hear, but you know, so I can't, I can't necessarily always condemn the media because there's a portion of what they do that is extremely, extremely important. You know, the, the Gazette Mm -hmm. had an article um, I think this summer um, when everything kind of kicked off, and it was an eye opener for, for, for me in reading that article. Um, and I wish I could credit who wrote it, and I can't remember at the time, but they weren't they didn't do uh obituaries for black people until like the fifties or the sixties wow. in the Gazette. And I'm like, that to me that was stunning. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. It was almost like a you know, and I didn't live through that. It wasn't part of my era, sure. I wasn't born then, but it was almost like a a, a punch to the gut. I was like, wow, sure. that's not that long ago. Yeah, <laughs> um that's yeah. Uh, so, but the fact that they even acknowledge that and have said, okay, you know, you know I think as long as you are with an agency or you are, you are with a group of people whose mission is um, to be better than they were the day before, I think you're, you are 10 steps ahead of, of, where, of where you could be. Um, you know, it just, just, we, I, think that, I think we all live by that. Just, let's just be better than we were yesterday. Mm. We would probably be in a lot better place.
1: Yeah. So what you're, you're describing a parallel of what we've talked about in terms of bad apples in a theater. Certainly every single time a pastor falls in a moral you know, pedophile or, you know, moral failure in his wa- in his a marriage and his wife or something, uh, we, you know, we get in a broad stroke just is what you guys are talking about here as well. Um, yeah, I mean, look at the Catholic church, we're not a Catholic church, but the Catholic church and you know, like, Hey, you know, priests are a bunch of pedophiles and like, well, some of them are, that's been proven. But I've got some Catholic priest buddies who are—I mean, they're—they're they're doing their darndest to serve the community to the best of their ability. I know that's what I'm trying to do, and it's—I mean, 95% of us out there with you know small little tiny churches, we're just—we're just doing what we can do in our own little town, and yeah, sure, the bad apples—they're the ones that get the press, for sure. Um, and and and, and what you mentioned—the media, the, the media incites. They don't inform; they incite, and that's what raises raises all of our blood pressure. But at the same time, we look at our industry, if you will, and we say, okay, um, you know, there is, uh, it, it, there, it, we put pastors in churches on pedestals that they don't belong on. You know, we we put them on a pulpit, raise them up, and then we actually, you know, we call them like, oh, look at this man of God up there in the cloth and all that kind of stuff. We're just regular dudes. Like we don't we don't we don't need the we we don't we don't deserve any of that honor. And some of that honor. That kind of creates a system where all of a sudden guys are like, you know what, I can do whatever I want. You know, I can I can go out and do this, do that, do this. Is there I I would just be I'm not saying this is where it is, but is there a chance in the police department? There's that same with some that the maybe the system kind of gives you guys an opportunity where where you walk the, you know, the sea kind of parts a little bit because you guys are on patrol, whatever it may be. Do you see the same, we see it in our industry, guys get a big head because everybody looks at them because they're the pastor and all of a sudden they can do Do you see that that is a possibility within the police department that you have, you know, you have power when you walk into the room, when you talk, you're, you know, you're supposed to command the audience or whatever and take control of the situation. Does power go to heads is what I'm asking. It does in the ministry. I'm wondering if it does in the police department.
2: I think unfortunately we've seen uh, some little snippets on news and social media where it has. And it goes back to... Um one of the greatest movies, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. So it it's it's unfortunate it's again, what's in someone's heart. Yep. What's in someone's heart yeah. and is that something to where they feed off of that power or are they feeding off I need to be here to help? Mm. And I think that's Service.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I've watched some videos and where you're watching and I'm like you know people are like oh this guy's and i'm like in in a video in a 10 second clip or, or 2 minute video i'm watching i'm like i can't i don't know anything about this guy i don't know whether he's racist or not but i can tell you 100% this officer his ego has mm-hmm. taken a hold mm-hmm. and he is infuriated mm-hmm. that this person is not doing what he wants him to do mm-hmm. yeah. and this is going left in a bad way mm-hmm. um, and it's in it is it becomes an ego it's like a, it becomes an ego moment yeah. and I, I i refuse to lose uh, and I think sometimes the the nature of where, like once again, we've made that technological advances. There, there's cameras everywhere, right. heightens that yeah. sense of ego. Now you know sure. you're being watched, and yeah. it's like you know. So yeah, I have seen that. I won't say I've seen it firsthand, but yeah. I say I'll tell you. I, I, I can definitely think of videos where I'm like, this guy is completely within his feelings, and this is all about ego now, yeah. and he does not want to be in. He feels like he's being shown up or embarrassed on camera. Yeah, and that's why this is going the way that it is. Um, and it, and there's no. Chance that he, this is going to de escalate unless he de escalates it. Mm. But in that moment, you can see in his eyes, he's incapable right now. You need somebody, maybe another officer, to step in and go, Hey,
2: yeah. why don't you
3: take a walk to the yeah. car for a second? And yeah. Let me take care of this. If you have a good side partner, yeah. your side partner will say, Hey, you look like you're getting a little heated under the collar. Maybe take a walk
1: for like a second. Like the <laughs> great Cartman who hails from South Park. <laughs> Respect <laughs> my, <authority. laughs> my authority. Right, exactly.
4: Yeah, yeah and I think, I, I think, uh, Williams hit it on the head a little earlier, it's the fact that is it in our department? Is it in police? Of course it is, because we're humans, yeah. you know, sure. and we need to be humble. Yeah. And if you're not humble in this job, it's going to eat you alive. Yeah. Um, I think we've, in one way, shape, or form, usually with, you know, some of the lesser uh, experienced police officers, you'll see them kind of, they don't have the tools on their belt. And I don't mean physical, I mean the, the mental tools mm-hmm. and the experience to deal with situations, yeah. and their, their fight-flight response is to kind of bump up and say yeah respect my authority right. yeah. you know um, luckily I think we've taken a lot of um, uh, steps as as the years have gone on towards stress management I think that's the biggest part of it mm. you talk about de-escalation but you can't de-escalate if you're already up here mental sure. health. And your stress management yeah. already right, you can mm. you can't deal with it you need to bring yourself back down and kind of remove yourself yeah. from that you can't get emotional over it like that mm. and and that's something that um I think they've put a lot of emphasis on in training, and uh, especially because, like you said, the, the generations we're getting in now are the social media mm-hmm. are, are the kids that maybe don't have those the, the social skills that we mm-hmm. we relied upon as the older generation. Right. And uh, you know that's that's something I think the department's aware of, and they've done a lot to try to uh, educate everyone involved right. so that we can utilize those tools a little bit better.
0: So I want to ask you, you guys talked a little bit about the, you mentioned the thin blue line you've talked, and I'm grateful that you haven't kind of seen a lot of this exercised and, and played out in your experiences, but, you know, are there, are there, what processes I know there are, um, measures are in place to kind of deal with the bad apples. And then my, I guess my question, to all of you guys would be if you had a, a side partner or, you know, you were working with someone, um, who was be considered a bad actor in that, would that be a difficult process for you to kind of go through um, you know, what is the pressure there as, a, as an officer?
2: Um, well, for me, I guess, and I always uh, joke, um, we're the salty vets. So, you know, we, we're just like, oh, I don't care. I'm going to tell someone about themselves <laughs> if, if, if you need to. But it, it, n- when you're Nikki Nukid it can be a little tougher. Mm. So just being a senior officer on the shift if I see something I don't like to where it's more like hey Brewer, stop being lazy come on get out here and and uh, you know help help some folks out pick up some calls you know we're busting our backsides here that's one thing that's mm-hmm. per, that's a conversation I have at this level but when it gets to be something that like wow this is this is gonna make my job a lot harder is go right to my supervisor yeah. you know, right to the supervisor and say hey shut the door let's have a conversation and here's here's what I've seen and here's what I have issue with mm. Um, so, so, I you just. you have an
1: open door whistleblower culture kind of thing? I, I mean, that'd be a weird way to say it, but.
2: I've never felt um, I couldn't go to a supervisor yeah. with um, a problem. Yeah. Well, mm. even honestly, even if it was a personal thing, like, hey, I got some stuff going on at home. Can, sure. can I knock on the last four or whatever? I, I, you know, my, my mind's not here. You know, something going on at home and I should probably be there. Absolutely. Go ahead. We'll, we'll take care of it. Mm. That type of thing. Um, so, I, I've never felt like I couldn't.
3: Yeah, mean me neither no uh, um you know whether you have to go, whether you needed to go to a supervisor to you know complain about something um mm-hmm. that a coworker was doing or whether you needed to go even to internal affairs mm-hmm. um you could you could walk in and, and essentially make a complaint there's a form you can fill out if you'd rather do that mm-hmm. you can talk to a sergeant you can talk to a lieutenant you can talk to whoever you need to talk to and and um you know like you said like she said I think it's been in my experience, you know, uh, they w- if if you have a problem, the supervisors are responsible for the shift, um, mm. and so you know they can be held responsible for things even if they're not present. Okay. And so, if there's a problem on the shift, your sergeant wants to know about it. Your lieutenant, mm. they most certainly want to know about it, sure. and they'd like to know about it beforehand. You know, before it becomes a really uh, before sure. it becomes a problem that is uncorrectable. Sure. Um, if it's something that somebody needs a talking to. Um, and, and then even beyond that, if if it's if you know, there are things that are personality quirks, you know, that is what that is something your veteran officers um should should be talking to people with. And I think, you know, all of us at some point yeah. or another have Grabbed a rookie or a younger officer mm. after a call and say, "Okay, so what did we learn? <laughs> what sure. did we learn? How, to, how, to, how do you think that went? Let's talk about how you think that went. Are and, you thirsty? You seem dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, let's talk about how you think that went, and then and then you know, um, there's a little, there's some tough love in there. You know, yeah. the, the, you know, not to the extent where you know you're bullying them, but you you explain it like I like like I said with the rookie in that story where you tell them, mm. you know, look, you can't do that on mm. every call. You know, you're going to have to figure out how to walk that line between." You mm-hmm. know, dealing with the crowd—you got a crowd of people out here. You're going to fight everybody. There's like mm-hmm. 100 people out here. Mm-hmm. You're going to fight everybody. That's no. You have got to figure out a way to talk to people mm-hmm. if you need them to to do something, to turn down the music, or to be respectful of their neighbors, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever it is, to not shoot fireworks off their back deck at four. <laughs> and, you know, right, right. You know <laughs> um, it, that that you know that gets them to 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 stop shooting the fireworks and maybe even think that it was their idea to stop shooting the fireworks yeah. and go in the house. de f- Yeah, figure out a way <laughs> to finesse the situation yeah. and, because the way you went about that was just not, that uh, it's not cool and we can't control what other people do but we can certainly control what we do and I yeah. think all of us have had veteran officers do that for us and so then we pass that tradition on but certainly the, the department has a, a very open door policy when it comes to things that, that an officer wants to turn in somebody and I've never felt Um, that there would be backlash from any officer. I think, you know, when someone's doing wrong, everybody and everybody can plainly see it. Um, If anything, the officer that's doing the wrong activity is probably the one that's more likely to be Ostracized, or kind mm. of like made himself a pariah on the shift because nobody wants to work next to that guy. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to patrol next to somebody that's constantly doing stuff that he
4: shouldn't be doing. But positive peer yeah. pressure. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's encouraging to yeah. hear.
4: And there are policies in place. You just you did mention whistleblower, mm. and there were a few year a few years back the county did uh, enact some laws to protect mm. the employees, not just the police department, mm. so that that whistleblowers, for that using that terminology, sure. can can make sure they're. Uh, their stories heard without sure. getting getting some kind of backlash from it. Um, obviously, we have our internal affairs unit that handles all, all type of complaints. And um, uh, and then the, the latest uh, terminology that we're using, using that we've kind of batted around right now is the duty to intervene. Mm. Um, that's terminology to, that's in our rules and regulations that we have a requirement for a duty to intervene. And the fact of the matter is, is we're police officers. We're supposed to enforce all laws stop all crimes, and if we see a crime in front of us, we need to make it stop. You know, and, and do the right thing, and that involves everybody. Yeah, uh, even if it's a police officer, right? right. Exactly, so, and yeah. I go back to that bubble that we're living in. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me to sit there and fathom because I haven't had to deal with it—a situation <laughs> where I'm going to have to jump in. We've had small things, but I think, again, our training's so good that you know when we're 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 usually paired up, we're usually yeah. going two to a call sure. or something like that. And I, I, there's, I'm sure there's been times where I've been heated and somebody's kind of like, you know, kind of jumped in and, you know, sure. playing off of yeah. each other, start talking to the person, take a different angle. All these things that keep that it, – it, it never reaches that level right. because we're able to keep it down this
1: so way. So you watch some videos and you're not only thinking, how does that guy do that? You're saying, how are those guys not doing anything to intervene? It's,
4: it's, it's a self-evaluation process, yeah. um, you know, and I think the good officers, when they're done a call – small or large call, they're going back through their heads and going, what could I have done differently, Mm -hmm. even though the outcome was good? What could I have Mm -hmm. done differently to make it even better?
0: Well, guys, we want to honor your time. Um, And I know we've got two questions that we absolutely need to land on. But if you would allow me, before we do that, I do want to ask you one more question. Um, When we see events like what we have seen on a national level um, as non-police officers and in our families, we, we look at these videos and we try to process it and go here's what we think we're seeing here's what we're feeling what we don't ever really have access to are officers such as yourselves who say like when you guys watch um the you you know hear about the freddie gray or you see the the george floyd video or micaiah bryant we see um the the army officer who was the army lieutenant who was uh, stopped at the gas station as officers in a in a great setting how do you process that? And, and what are your feelings? What do you guys, when you watch these things, think and feel?
2: Uh, well, for the, the recent stuff, it's also fresh. Mm. It's also fresh. And honestly, I, I, I'm not on the social media a lot because I, I see little snippets. And honestly, I think we know just as much as you guys know. And we've seen as much as you've seen. Yeah. And I'm just all about, or else I guess I wouldn't be in this position, due process. So there's still some stuff going on. I know there's still um, open investigations. I know I just have a little snippet of right. what's really going on. So I, I honestly really don't make much of a judgment of anything until, okay, let's see how this plays out. What does the court find? What does the investigation find? Mm. What are the courts finding? And then, okay, this is what we have. Here's the full videos. Here's the full stories. Here's the different angles. And we've done it for years in police training. Watch this video of a traffic stop. All right, good. What was, it? What was good about it? All right, or here's one that, that ended bad for our officer. What tactically can we improve? And then that's where we'll go with, with that. So as far as some of these recent events, it, it's one of those things, for me personally, I'm just kind of filing away because I feel like there's still so much I don't know before I can really give um, a, 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 a realistic perspective sure. from, from my side of it. So it's just I just feel like we just have a very, very, very small snippet of what may actually have occurred. So I'd be interested to see what investigations and— and things How it plays play out? Yes, yes sure.
0: Sir. Thank you. You guys feel the same way? Is there is there other things that you feel when you look at these um, experiences that we're seeing on a national level?
3: I, I, for me, I think I, a lot of it is you see like you see the videos, and you know, um, it, it all depends on the video quite honestly sure. i think sure. um i don't i don't ever go in with a blanket approach of the officer was wrong or the officer was right i right. want to see the video and, and i want to hear what like what happened you know and i get that a lot from um i have two older daughters and and then and, and my wife and then so they'll say like hey did you see this video this is crazy and i'm like no nah, i had not seen that yet and i'm like i'll watch it and i'll let you know what i think and so i know coming in i'm watching this with the expectation that i'm going to be expected to give <laughs>
2: a yeah. somewhat
3: professional of opinion, and I'll tell them, you know, a lot of times I'll preface my opinion with, first of all, I wasn't there. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, you know, there are certain situations where if it's a quick snippet of a video, you don't really know how you would react because I'm like, I don't I don't know what preceded this. Um, and the ones that, you know, are longer, quite frankly, um, is the best way to describe it or, or where the activity by the officer is so – uh, blatantly bad. Mm. Um, it's anger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's anger on, another, on a number of levels. It's anger because I know that even though this happened in you know, um, you know, Sacramento. Um, somebody's going to ask me about, I'm already been asked about it once, you know, if if you're getting it at home, you know, you're going to get it at home for me. The kids at school are going to want to know what I think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so here's something that's happened in a place that I've never been to by an agency. I have no connection with by an officer. I don't know. Um, but it's affected my, my relationship possibly with, um, People here in Anne Arundel County because they're they're angry when they sure. see it and they want to know what you think about it. Yeah. Um, and really, what they they want to be comforted by the fact that you feel the same way right. that they feel. Essentially, is is the way it is. And so um, you're aware of that. Um, and then and and then in the situations where it's bad, you know, it's obviously it's it's you're 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 angry that somebody would would do something like that to another human being. You're angry that you know um, somebody that puts on a badge similar to yours is mm-hmm. making the the profession look bad. You know, mm. I tell I tell my wife as a teacher, I tell her the same thing. I said it's no different than the way you feel about it when you we sure. run across yeah. bad teachers are like, I wish this person would have just resigned or retired <laughs> yeah. if they were unfit for the job because yeah. this is just this looks bad. It reflects on 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 all of us. And I hate feeling like that, but he said you guys said perception is 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 reality. And so sometimes the blue gets all we get lumped together and um you know, the only thing you can really do, you, you have to you have to steal yourself and, and and not let yourself slip to the point where you feel like, you know, um, you start getting depressed about stuff like this. You have to, because you only can control what you can control. Mm-hmm. So you go out and it's like, I'm going to go out and do the job the way I was trained to do it to the best of my ability every day. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really all I can do. I try to affect as many people as you can in, in your building and you go to work knowing that the people who know you and the people that you work with um, – the kids in my building, the the staff members that I work with, and the other officers, the other SROs and stuff, and my coworkers, know that I'm a good officer. I'm a decent officer, and that's that. That's in that moment, really. That's all you can do. That's all you can do because I don't have any power in Minnesota or right. Louisville or any other place. You know where where you know you're having this unrest. I only my power is limited to this bubble. Sure.
4: That's it. So you just do the best you can.
0: Excellent.
4: And that's and that's what it is. It's heartbreaking when you see these videos. I don't care what, what they have to deal with. You're, you're watching the loss of a person's life, mm. whether it be a justified action or, or, or a criminal action by whatever officer's involved. It's a loss of life. Mm. And um, not just that person's life that might have been killed during the incident, you're you're looking at the, the totality. How did that incident affect everything? And it, mm. And it's it obviously recently, since 2015, it's mushroomed out multiple times to where it's affected on a national scale, and it's affected people, and, and, and other lives have been affected. And it's hard to come to grips with that as an officer, mm. uh, you're trying, thinking about the fact that, okay, I'm a good person, I've been very well trained, what if I make a mistake? You know, not saying that they were mistakes. What if I make a mistake that's on videotape and someone decides to demonize me, right or wrong, I I could be the next person to cause national turmoil. Mm. That's a heavy weight to bear. And you're asking not senior people that are like, eh, you know, it's just <laughs> another, it's just another weight to throw in my book bag. You know, you're you're asking 21, 22, 23 year old, and I'm going to say a kids. To, to take on this burden and that's that's a difficult task and um, it's up to us the senior officers to help these kids through it mm. and and make sure they're making the right decisions because you not only do you have the stress of a situation going on you but that's it's in the back of your head now mm. and it's always been in the back of your head that my actions could reverberate across the country mm.
1: sure. And I'm 39, and I knew since I was 21 to 39, I've mellowed out a lot. I've mellowed out a whole
0: <laughs> yeah. bunch. Yeah. Well, it's all the drugs you do. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Like, oh, uh,
4: it's medicinal. I, I flushed them before they got here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, The water bill went up when we got in the room, That's right.
0: <laughs> guys. Okay, so look, this is the Good Christian People podcast, and uh, one of the things that we want to make sure we do, aside from uh, not only just hearing your amazing perspectives, and we're so grateful for that, but we would love to hear from you, you know, what is that local pastors, that community leaders, that faith leaders, what can we do? to help support the work that you're doing, um, help ease some of the tension that yeah. is in community. Yeah. How can we partner and and what is it that, that a listener would be able to go, here's a tangible step and something that I can participate in to help build bridges and, uh, and impact our community?
2: Uh, this is it. This, yes, this, high today. five, Tim. No, but this, this, this is, this is. Like we talked about, you know, we lose that human factor somewhere along the way. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just a matter of people just talking back and forth. And I think that this is, uh, it's just it's a step. Mm. It's absolutely a step. That I think that if if uh, your listeners and in, in your congregation you have questions, you know, any officer is really going to be eager to answer and talk the best we can. Sure. And and try even explain things. You know, like we talked about. If I make a mistake, but what if I do everything right and 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 things still go bad, you know, and across a national level, you know, and, you know, what information can we put out there? there there's a lot of case law and Supreme Court rulings that say what I can and can't do,
5: mm.
2: you know, and a lot of people don't know, don't know that. That's fine. Uh, there's a lot of medical procedures I am completely unaware of because that's not where I studied. That's not my, my practice. Um, but I think just, just having conversations, uh, one of the things that I have seen that has been significantly substantial as well was, and they don't do it anymore because of the, the COVID. So hopefully once things uh, change, will be different. Um, we had what they call a Citizens Police Academy mm. where uh, community members, I think it was for about 10, 10, 12 weeks for a couple hours once a week, you basically worked with the police department to kind of see little facets. Hey, what does it take to become an officer? Was this some of the training like, can you just get an overview? Mm. What does the evidence stuff do? What does the SROs do, detective units? And it's without a doubt, those um, men and women that, that volunteer to go and kind of listen, they're like, this has been substantial. I had no idea, you know, what you guys went through or what things did or why you guys, now I, when I see things, I know I know why you guys did it. Substantial, mm. ride-alongs. Substantial, substantial, substantial. Because some people say, you really good at calls for this? I'm like, yes, some people put another <laughs> one for this. But it, it was it, it was a, a great, great toll. And unfortunately right now, it's a tool that we can't utilize because mm-hmm. we don't Cause have because of, uh, yeah. of the COVID, because of the COVID. So hopefully, things like that um, can start again. Um, like I said, this this podcast is fantastic. I know some other churches have invited officers to, hey, we're having a you know after Sunday mass, we're going to have a little uh, um, com- yeah. yes, yeah. if if you want to come and uh, and speak or things of that nature. So I think I'm just big on it. I think it's just communication, mm-hmm. communication, communication, communication because I think. On our side, uh, the the community member side, we're lacking it. Mm. We're lacking it a little bit, and I think it's definitely something that we could improve on. And from there, that's when we make those small deposits. Yeah. In in yeah. that bank. Excellent. I mm-hmm. would
3: agree. Communication. I think um, you know a lot of churches will do the the dinners and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it, those are much appreciated. Um, I would r- much rather, and I've been to a few of those, but I would much rather do this. Mm. I would much rather come and talk, or we could eat and talk at the same time. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm sure the listeners don't want to hear us too, but they, they <laughs> you know, I don't. I would, but I would rather talk and have these conversations. And I think um, the biggest thing is, is if if you are. If you find yourself in a room where everyone kind of agrees, you've, maybe you've got to shift your room just a little bit. Not mm. radically, mm. but just a little bit. Just shift your room, shift your room a little bit because um, uh, I was talking with uh, uh, Sergeant Cook, and we were talking about just, just perspective. And it, it for from, from my part, it would be completely arrogant of me to think that I have a complete and total view of what's happening at that laptop from over here. Right. You know, huh. Um, huh. I can't possibly see everything that's going on over there. I'm aware of the fact that there is a laptop mm-hmm. <laughs> and that he's working on it, but I have no idea what he's doing. You know, um, he could be playing Galga right now. Uh, <laughs> and, and, but, I, you know, so unless I have a conversation with him, there's no way I have that perspective. And I think that goes as equally for police as it does for communities, as it does for whether you're on the left side of the aisle or the right side of the aisle, whether you're black or white. We have got varying um, perspectives um, even within this county you know we have varying perspectives there there are places in the county that I'm super comfortable with mm-hmm. and then there are places in the county that I'm not comfortable going and hanging out I'm just mm-hmm. not comfortable there um, and I recognize that's not everyone's experience um, and so I don't I'm not gonna label that place as bad but I certainly but from my experience I know mm-hmm. I'm just not comfortable there and so mm-hmm. I think we do better when we kind of shift our view a little bit. I think um, the more eclectic your group of friends are, the better off you probably are in the world. That's just, I just, I, I live my life by that thing. I think it's it's something that I got from being a military kid is that, you know, when your parents are in the military and you live on a military base, there is no, there really is no race. There mm-hmm. is NCO and non-NCO, right. you know? Your parents are either officers or they're not. Right. <laughs> That's where the dividing line is. Everybody else is just, in, you're enlisted or you're not. And so. You know, your friends are white, black, Hispanic, you know, I've, I've lived, you know, besides Anne Arundel County, I've lived in Japan, I've lived in the Netherlands, I've lived in Germany, um, and so I've got friends, you know, some that I call family from all walks of life, um, Republican, Democrat, you know, um, Libertarian, uh, you know, it's so I just think, you know, the more eclectic your group of friends are and the and the bigger your your, your sphere is or the my the more diverse your bubble is, to still Brewer's uh phrase there. Sure. The better your perspective will be. Um and, yeah. and you probably will have a uh a better grip or a better handle on maybe how to fix things or how we can at least get back to, to neutral.
1: You guys are, you guys are mentioning just, I mean, so it's easy to read an article, see a statistic, see black and white and say, well, oh, that's it, you know, and just and instead of dealing in the gray, actually yeah. reaching out across it, breaking bread together, sitting down across a table in a room here, even though we're scattered. Um, and just as mentioned before, given the benefit of the doubt, just like, all right, let me take a breath. You're mentioning watching the videos, take a breath, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give a benefit. you like, just take, take a beat and then let some more, uh, data come in. You, you mentioned some of the places in the, in the County you want to go to, you know, and all that kind of stuff. There was one in such neighborhood, um, previous church, I was delivering groceries, uh, you know, pretty pretty um, destitute neighborhood, and I was a, a white guy dressed from church. They thought I, I'm pretty sure they thought I was a bill collector knocking on the door. So it was like, "Hey, is so and so home?" No, she ain't here. Like, <laughs> uh, <there's> no so and so home and like and i was like uh, are you sure and anyway as the conversation went on i'm like oh cuz i'm from the church and i'm delivering groceries it was thanksgiving week right i'm delivering thanksgiving week. oh yeah she's here come on in <laughs> and you know and there was like 20 people in the family there and then it was like a big it was like a big party and i was like part of them they were part of me and it was good but the benefit of the doubt wasn't there right. because there was an assumption from them, from mm-hmm. me. So,
3: yeah, they probably thought you were police. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> they're like a, this is like I came and knocked on our door at this time of night? He's like crazy. He's I'm either sure. crazy or he's police. I'm sure you guys get it all the time. Four <laughs> people,
1: four people walked by. They were, you know, it just they were dribbling basketballs back and forth, walking through the neighborhood. What you here for? What you here for? What you? Here? I was like, all right, I'm just trying to get a hold of her in the door. So anyway,
4: <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing is just education, you know, and it comes from the conversations we're having. Uh, it's funny because, you know, we could all talk about the times that, you know, throughout the years, the conversations we would typically have at yeah. social gatherings were, do you know, do you know this person? Do you mm-hmm. know that person? Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. this person. This person's my neighbor. And it, it can get tiresome at times, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, you know, you we put the happy face on and continue with it, but now it's not that way. You know, when you're having a conversation with it, there's some depth to it, and there should be. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you mentioned the bubble again, but there's another bubble you got to think about. And I think it's one that provides me with a lot less stress in my life. I can't do anything about what's going on in another state. Mm. I can't even do anything about what's going on in PG County. Mm. I can only do something about what's going on right in front of me. And if I can do my best job and do something for the person that's right in front of me and better their life, if everybody thought that way and we tried to do that and, and you know, it worked on that macro lens, yep. you know, mm. life would be a lot better.
1: Yeah. No, I've, it, again, I don't mean to keep like, I mean, you, we're talking the same language here. Uh, a couple months ago, I told the church right around the election time, like, who's in the White House? That's important, but who's in your neighbor's house is more important than who's in the White House. Like, that's gonna—that's more ramifications there than you know, mm-hmm. uh, picking between two old white guys that's gonna be in the same house. You
0: know? so. <laughs> All right, guys. So here it is. Last question, um, and it's not even really a question. Uh, we want to foster communication and conversation, and so we want to give you guys the last word. Just asked you guys if you would uh, just kind of go around and. Kind of share what is it that you would like us and our community to know about your role, your responsibility as an officer, why you do what you do, and just give you an opportunity to speak to your community, and so you guys get to close us out, ladies off? first brewer, brewer <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: yeah. a
1: chance to sing a song
0: yeah
2: that um one. I, the I, I, poem I, honestly, um. A big thing is basically what you end your your podcast with. Be good mm. to each other, with each other, mm. when you speak. Um, just, I think again, just the communication and the community. Get back to the community. Get back into the community. There's a lot of things going on, and me as police, I want to help with a lot of the stuff. Mm. But you know what? I'm limited. Mm-hmm. I'm limited with with uh, can. Basically, help with if it's criminal or traffic or something like that. Yes, I can do something with. I can help provide resources, but I can't make your your son go sober. Mm. I can't do that. I want to, but I can I can. I, unfortunately, I call. I get to call. When i have to have to Narcan. Um, you're, you're you're having issues with your kid. I can't fix that in the five or ten minutes. So get back to the community and say, mm. you know what? We have these resources in our church or in takes a village. Yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely, and. You know, and just, I guess, know what resources we have out there, and it's not always a police or fire, that that kind of thing. Just really look and see, what do I have that can help me in here? And don't tell your kids if they act bad, we're gonna lock them up. That makes them not like us. That makes them not. Don't say that. Right. that. Don't say that. Even it'd be funny. That.
3: It's it's, it's it, the, you say it and you laugh, and then like I look mm-hmm. at your kid and the look in his eyes are sheer terror yeah. mm-hmm. as he's walking out of Walmart, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna make you go with that officer, and he's legitimately terrified. And wow. the parents like, ah, oh, I'm just kidding. And it's so, but the the and, like you the want your kids, is done. Yeah, yes. yeah, you want if something ever happened to you in this store, you'd want your kid to come run over and say, hey, look, this something just happened to my mom. Something happened, and so you, you can't build that up. We I know, are
1: here to protect and serve. I know parents mm-hmm. think
3: like they're being funny, but it's really like it's the 50th time we've heard it that day, and then also the kids are terrified, <laughs> sure. so don't do that.
2: And we know you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And yes, I eat donuts.
3: Okay? It's not funny anymore. <laughs> They're delicious. I don't, I don't know who doesn't. They're delicious. They're delicious. Yeah. So They're delicious. Shame We're on just, you for even not. People can make a joke about that. Right.
4: The, of course. I mean, if I'm donuts. carrying a three dozen, okay, you <laughs> yeah, can say something. Three yeah. dozen is the is the yeah. marker. Yeah, they a Fractured prune punch yeah. card. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Uh, you know, I just look. She said communication. I think is the big thing. I think. So I won't steal her word. I'll say empathy. Um, there's, there's getting into school resource, um, things slow down a little bit, you know, um, and you're able to kind of, you're with the same kids every day. And so, you know, you kind of can get sometimes to the root cause of maybe why something is happening. And so, you know, um, in our world, you know, may, it, it, you don't always get that opportunity, but when it's presented, maybe uh, you know, have a little empathy and figure out, well, maybe why, why is this happening? What is there's there's a reason why mm-hmm. this is happening. There's a reason why this person is the way they are. It, is there something I can do about that? Maybe I can't stop this, but maybe I can stop this, or maybe I can help that. But and even if you can't, then sometimes just empathy goes a long way. You know, um, uh, you know. I think my mom used to say, you know, uh, uh, a lump in your throat, a lump in your chest, and a lump in your oatmeal are all not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everything is, we we over-dramatize some things, and we turn, we make mountains out of molehills, and and there was a time when, you know, neighbors talk, we we are more connected than we ever were, Mm. and we are also more segregated and Mm -hmm. separated than we ever were in human history, you have people that live on the street that don't know the people that Mm -hmm. live across the street from them and they've lived there for a decade. Mm -hmm. You know, you wave to them and maybe that's it, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, but you don't know their kids. You don't know what's going on in their household, behind their walls. And not necessarily that you need to lay bare all your problems and stuff, but, you know, you should be able to knock on your neighbor's door. Uh, We've got to get back to being, we got to get back to being neighbors. I think... uh, that's the, the, the dream. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how to do that. I don't know. But, that's <laughs> yeah. the dream. I, don't, but I think it starts with this though. It starts yeah. with maybe a few neighbors. I've, I I'll tell you in at least in my neighborhood um the con- if two people start talking, if two adults mm. start talking in the street, we eventually end up with half the street outside in the middle of the street. And we end up talking about community stuff that we had no intention of talking about. We might mm. have started talking about football, mm. but then we end up with why that street light hasn't been fixed yet. And then someone's like, well, I'll put a report in about it. And somebody's <laughs> like, hey, did the trashman miss your pickup last Sunday? Mm. And then we talk about our kids. <laughs> and, t- and then we're out there for like an hour. But So it, it takes like two people. And, yeah. and you'll see people will start to – because I think at the root, people actually want to talk. Yeah, they they really do want to talk. They're just waiting for somebody else to do it to start it. So,
1: I, uh, you know, during in nineteen ninety two in L A, uh, while the riots were going on, and you got you know the, the the spectrum, the one sane guy was Rodney King with all of his bruises, saying, "Can't we all just get along?" Right. You know.
0: <clears throat> anyway, close us out, my man.
4: Yeah, I, you just need to know your department's not stagnant. We're 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 constantly self evaluating from the top down. That's good too. And and to to make sure that we're doing our best job. We're constantly changing tactics. We're increasing our training. Uh, we're always looking, the department's constantly pushing the county for more officers because for years we've gone and made this small mountain of not having enough officers a molehill. Or switch that. Molehill into mountain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, and we've now seen the, the realization that, you know, Doing more with less isn't... Th- th- you can't do that in police work. Mm. You need the right amount of people to do the job. They need the right amount of training, and they're going to continue to do that as officers. Now, I will say that if, I've, if I'm if i meeting you while I'm on my job, I'm probably seeing you on one of the worst days of your life, mm. well, be it a traffic stop, be it uh, you know, a domestic, be it a death, yeah. you know, God, God help you, whatever it is. Mm. Um, hopefully, you're not seeing me on one of mine. And if it is one of my bad days, because we're all people, mm. I'm gonna try make to make sure that you don't know that. Mm. But if it did, I'm sorry, you know that. And I think that's what you need to know. We are people, and uh, we do have bad days. And I don't think anybody's gonna kick themselves more than a police officer that realizes that mm, I could have probably handled that a little bit better because mm. it's gonna re—it's racking in your brain the the next week while you're trying to figure out how you could have done it a little bit better even if everything went right.
1: So that is a big difference between serving in police and serving in ministry when when we show up at a bad day we're we're a welcome face. Mm. You show up at a bad day it's not as welcome for sure, yeah.
0: Corporal Ludvigin, Corporal Williams, Corporal Brewer and Sergeant Cook. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you for your wisdom, for your insight, for just being willing to sit here and talk with us. And uh, we're so grateful for all of you guys. We are really grateful for your willingness to serve our community, not just to come here on a podcast, but what you do day in and day out. Uh, We're praying for you. We're uh, just so, so grateful. We are better. Our community is better because of you guys and because of the work, the good work that you guys are doing. We want to honor your time. We want to let you get out of here. And I know we still need to run out and tase Tim real quick. So uh, (laughs) we're going to do that. And thank you guys for listening. If you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GCP Pod. You can always email us at goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to take a look at the recent increase in anti-Asian violence in our country and try to understand how to serve and heal in the face of this injustice. These conversations are tough, but they're also necessary if we want to seek the good of our city the way that Christ has called us to. We're grateful for those who are helping us understand these issues, and we're grateful for you coming with us to make a positive impact in our world. And until then,
3: be be good. good. Call us, Iowa.
1: listening to Good Christian People, the podcast.
4: Today's episode was recorded on Monday, May 10th, 2021, by Jeff Higgins and Tim Byer, two pastors living in beautiful Glen Burnie, Maryland.
1: If you'd like to hear more of our content, please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by
0: following us at Facebook and Twitter at at Pod.